You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Well, of course you would have to. Let's start podcasting. Why aren't we talking about this on the podcast? (laughs) All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Why aren't we talking about that, the pre-show banter? The pre-show banter is great. <laughs> it puts me in a better mood because I was outraged. Well, well, well. Hold on. Let me set up the show. We're here. It's Spike's Car Radio. Hello to all of you listening in workshops and cars across America, across the world. You know, we did really well last week with this uh, with this Matt Farah and Zuckerman show, just talking about cars and uh, the sex diaper. We were the number two automotive podcast for the week. Sex diapers. They're going to start sponsoring <laughs> this show. Not bad for like. I, I think we've been doing this for maybe. Maybe a year, a year and a month, right? Not so bad. And one common denominator, Matt Farah, he's he's all over that list. Yes, but so are we now. We're we're generally hitting like two out of the top ten of the week, and we we only put one of these I things out. Maybe we should to do you, more. Me or Farah, it's the diapers. It's the sex diapers. Yes. <laughs> Well, I don't. I think our audience tolerates that conversation for a little while, but but they they prefer the car talk. They 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 like the comedy talk, but not not too much of the comedy talk. I'm getting to know everybody through Instagram. They also don't like it when I when I remind people that I wrote for Letterman. Apparently, they don't like that, and they don't no. like how you cut and, people off. Well, I gotta talking. keep. I, I get bored, and I gotta keep the show going. You know, at the end of the day, I'm really just doing this for me. <laughs> I just, okay, I want to have enough. a nice hour, and if I get bored fair with enough. a conversation, I have to kind of move it that along. That makes sense. It's but your they house. are, you are correct in assuming there is a different pace that I'm getting acclimated to in a podcast. Listeners, I get that. It's not a radio show. It doesn't have to move fast. We're not doing seven-minute acts here. We can open up the conversation. So I am thinking about that. But you will hear me continue to interrupt. Uh, we have Maz Jabrani here today, Zuckerman. I don't know if you know who he is. I don't know who he is, very, but I know what a jabron is. <laughs> very Maz Jabroni. Maz Jabroni is a friend of mine. He's uh, uh, most notably, when he, when he hit the map as a comedian, he was uh, part of the Axis of Evil, Evil comedy tour. He's a Persian oh. comedian. Really great, very successful. His last show was uh, Superior Donuts on CBS. Um, Those people are known for their sense of humor. And I'm like, so happy that you're here for it <laughs> because <laughs> you have so many wrongheaded preconceptions about the Persian people. Well, wait, what do you say? I just said they're not known for being funny, man. Sweeping generalizations like that. They are. They're, they're lots of very funny. They're just not on our radar the same way uh, country and Western music isn't on our okay. radar. We you know what a, I mean? We have a history of, say, Jewish-American comedians, African-American comedians, Irish-American comedians. Hey. I haven't heard about Persian-American. Well, you're going to hear yeah. about it today. The world is okay. changing, Zuckerman. I, well, you either join us can, or you're left behind. No, I want to be left behind. I volunteer <laughs> to be left behind. Let's we look. I want to talk about Porsches before Moz comes in because there's a lot of stuff going on. I tried to get Jerry to come on a minute ago, call him up. He's having lunch with some friends to tell us about the GT2 RS. That will happen. He is going to call in, not on this show, but soon. Well, we'll have to talk. You know, he bought a car from me. He last did, week. but 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 there's bigger car news than that. <clears throat> He said, we got to talk about, and he was right, I totally forgot about this. So a couple things have happened in the last 24 hours, Zuckerman, that I don't know if are even on your radar. One, and let me go to Motoring Authority for this story. 2019 GT3 Touring Cabriolet Spy Shots. I told you this. I know, but it's different when I read it from a legitimate journal. I know. You, I remember you when we talked about this and you, and you ridiculed me I for did. being the <clears throat> only source of this information. And I will have you know, there was a spy shot of that car that I saw three to four weeks ago. Well, here it is. I'm looking at it. This is a GT3 platformed limited edition 911 Speedster. It's coming out side by side with us. And, and, and what they're guessing here is <clears throat> if you're not lucky enough to get one of these speedsters, you can get this car. So wait, the prototype looks to be based on the uh, GT3 Touring version, the car we have, of the GT3. I, I'm not sure I want that car to be a cab, but how, 
Well, well, How okay. is this car going to be different enough from the Speedster? So here's the deal. And I'm going to break it And down how are we going to sell all of these cars? Um, here's the deal. Right now, Porsche is playing a very deadly game. Because deadly. Deadly in a way. And I shouldn't say deadly, but it's, it's a dangerous game of, of scarcity versus satisfying the marketplace. Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. the right number that does that makes them money but does not kill the brand. And I'm wondering if this production of cars to satisfy the market <clears throat> is a side effect of Porsche now being under VW and being a cash cow for VW as its own standalone company. But let me explain a little further. So we noticed with the RGT3 paradigm uh, that that, the, that Porsche wanted to crush the aftermarket, black market, and all. They seem very interested in that. Yes, and continuing and to do more. And so this is what you're seeing here. Same thing. The Speedsters are the super rare ones. And for the people, as you said, who can't get the Speedster, they're going to get the GT3 Cabriolet. And that's going to satisfy the market. However, it dilutes what a GT3 really is, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's counter to the whole purpose of a track ready car. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about this. So it so it, it makes money in the short run, but in the long run does it devalue the GT three and the brand? Well here you know, a couple things pop into my head. It's like if you miss one car now, what does it matter? In a, in a couple of weeks, we've been right. joking about this, that every time we go, this car is the one, most notably that that Speedster, this is the one. It was only the one for seven hours before we heard about this other car This being. is what we refer to as the refractory period <laughs> <Yes>. for Porsches. <laughs> it was funny, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Jerry texted us and he goes, this is the one. And we were like, yeah. Seven hours later, we read about the Porsche Classic Department and Project Gold, the Which resto is- mod vehicle, right? Right. So and this, and we joked, I think it was seven months ago, about Porsche becoming a mass producer of specialty cars. And it turns out it's, that that's a happening. completely accurate statement. Now, here's what, you know, to celebrate their 70th anniversary, uh, they're building what appears to be a resto mod. They have a little video up that you can Google and look at. 993 Turbo S body, right? It does. But if you look closely, I'm watching it right now. Grant Larson is in there, who designed the Boxster and who designed the uh, Carrera GT, right? He also did something on the 993. Is that true? Tony Hatter. I think he was involved in that. Yeah. Um, But in every shot around this car is a 959. Did you notice that? A continuation car. Oh. Is that what you think? Yes, because they already did that once. So here, every time they show it, in that one shot there, if you look closely, there are three 959s in that Ferriston, shot. Ferriston, my hat, is, I was angry at you earlier for <laughs> dicking me around, but now you have earned. So what does this tell you? This tells me, do you recall that in the early, then sometime after 959 production ended, another mm-hmm. seven cars came out in like 2009 mm-hmm. or 10. Are you aware of this? They no. made so after the fact, they made about another seven nine five nines. Wow. Maybe, I'm conf- maybe I'm conflating that with Carrera <clears throat> GTs. I could be conflating that so with what, Carrera GTs. So you're suggesting that they're going to make another another? They may probably have those. Another. You know, I'm, I you're see. right. They did it with it was not nine five nines. It was Carrera GTs. Mm-hmm. They made uh, they were like seven additional cars. They had some VIN numbers left over, and they were made four years after regular production ended, approximately. I suspect you could be right. Wow. Well, look what Jaguar did, right? Yeah, no, exactly. A million dollars, a million pounds per car for the, what was it, the XKSS? And they just got scooped right up. Okay. There's still, now this is all, I think, this car is going to be auctioned off at Pebble. Right, the this, project, the project gold car. And by the way, they better get going on it. Doesn't look close to finished. I don't that know. Video. Those door handles reminded <laughs> me of of seventies GM door handles. <clears throat> I'm wondering now about this information that we heard about the slant nose. It's got to be true. I was looking up. Oh wait, here I got to find something else. You think that's got to be true? On top of all of this other stuff that's happening now, why not? Why not? Poor seems to be running away. <clears throat> because where is where's the anything? Where's the spy shot? Where's the information? Where where is any of it? Well, of course, <clears throat> you didn't know you you didn't know about the Cabriolet version of the GT3 until today. They kept that no. pretty well under wraps. They did not. Yeah, they did. But you heard about it, and we were talking about it on the porch. It's not exactly under wraps. 
Here's something else now. Our information about the speedster that we broke a few weeks ago. Now I'm hearing they're kind of a little worried about the center fuel cap. <laughs> that that might not make it to the production vehicle. I wouldn't be surprised. It probably doesn't meet modern whatever standards. They should keep that. Well, That's the coolest part of the car. You know when you fill up, uh, you put gas in your speedster and you have to lift up that front yeah, boot? Was... Isn't that great? Oh, that's the, you feel special when you do that. That's the whole thing you paid a hundred grand just for the cap. You want yeah. to wear it around your neck like Flavor Flav. Yeah. You wanna, yeah. Don't lose any of that. Make that car. Is, uh, if they make 1948, 1,948 of them, isn't that enough? You would think. That's a lot of cars. That's going to satisfy the market. I will <laughs> tell you another factoid. Dean, our guy uh, who is now at Beverly Hills Porsche. He's moved over. Uh, De- Dean Maroney. Big news flash for everybody. Yes. Get your cars from Dean <laughs> at Beverly Hills Porsche. I'm a big fan <clears> of this. This is very exciting for us because now he's close to my office, your office, hangar. It's fantastic. Yes. We have him close <clears throat> by to do our bidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, he <clears throat> tells me that it is near impossible to get a 911 yeah. right now because Why? all production is being devoted to GT3 and specialty cars mm. as they are closing out the 991 line mm-hmm. and tooling up for 992. So things like, <clears throat> for a friend, I happened to ask him if he could come up with a Carrera S Cabriolet, and he said they're incredibly really? thin on the ground, impossible to get right now. Wow, because they have the next 911 coming. They have the next 911 yeah. coming, and all production is going to things like GT3 Speedsters, GT3 Cabriolets, GT2 we got to find a way to get a webcam in the factory so we can just watch what's being built. But in a way, doesn't it kind of burn, as you said before, with the short refractory period of the one. As you said refractory. As you said. Not me. You did. And you related it to when you can have sex a second time. Right. That's what the refractory period is, yes. my friend. Yeah. Which gets longer and longer uh, for men as they age. Yes. Not you in particular. <laughs> but uh, What are these squinty in- faces that you're making? Uh, this is just, is this yeah. a squirmy topic for you? For you. And so, for me. For you. Yes, I'm looking at you. I knew what the refractory period was. Who I've didn't? been in comedy writer rooms where we know everything from Dirty Sanchez everything. to you, – you, that's how you spend time joking around. Coney, Coney Island Whitefish was always my favorite. I don't know what yours. that one is. You uh, told me. I told you that one? Yes. I don't, I don't think I did. That doesn't sound like... Look it up. It sounds exactly like don't look what you up. would say. Look it up. So anyway... It's like back... telling people to look up lemonparty.org. <laughs> don't do it. You did a great piece on that once for your yes. show. Anyway, back to the <clears throat> subject, though. Do you end up kind of burning out on Porsche? Do you feel taken advantage of? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I think it's too much special stuff. <clears throat> if you're going to pay for a special car, it has to remain special. Exactly. And I feel like, 4. like 4. the no. special moment of these cars is the day you buy them, but not the day you take delivery anymore. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. How can you and I be driving around this incredible GT3 Touring, and now it feels old, and what, we have 700 miles on it? Right. And it's 700 five, miles. Four, four or five more IT cars coming yeah. out. Yeah. You knew when the RS 4.0, the 997, came out in 2011. There were 600. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. That's yeah. all you got. Right. You had one of those. It was always going to be special. But, you know, aren't we putting uh, the company now in a, uh, in a, in a lose-lose situation? They're bad if they don't make enough of these, and now they're bad if they do. Well, shame on them for being billionaires. Is this is this your revenge on the Germans? Fuck those so, people. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you can't say that. Well, when you say it like he's, that. He's joking. He's joking. Fuck those people. <laughs> Fuck those people. That's what you just said. Mazda Brani's coming in a little bit. Um, Porsche is announcing their new Taycan. Taycan. I hate that EV name. specs. You know, I was thinking this morning, you just got to get used to saying the new name. I'm not and when you it. say it phonetically spelled, I'm, see, I just mispronounced it again. Taycan. Tie like a like a tie like you're wearing and a con like like you are as well. Taycan. I thought it was a Taycan. Pronounced confusingly, Taycan. By Porsche. Uh, duh. Well, they've, they've announced their specs, and I, I like everything I'm reading. Zero to 60 in less than 3.5. Five seconds. <laughs> 600 horsepower. Isn't that weird when they rate horsepower on these electric engines? Is that just because I don't have an engineering degree that I don't understand something? But doesn't that feel wrong? Of course it feels wrong because you equate horsepower with gasoline and oxygen. Yeah. Uh, 800 volt battery. <laughs> oh, look, look what at does this. that so mean? It can hit 124 miles an hour in less than 12 seconds. You... Hold on. Well, the reason that that's for fast charging. 
right? So you know how these cars are set up. You're sitting on that battery. It's the I whole don't, I don't drive these floor things. panel. I love them. I think they're great. I just want you to lick the battery like a 9-volt. <laughs> just you to think? see if this guy... <laughs> <laughs> see if it shocks you. The 800-volt shocks. Hey, let me check my app to see if my car's charged. No, just lick it. If it, if it tingles your tongue... It's ready to drive. If you die, it's fully charged. Uh, a range of 300 miles uh, that on the right charger can add 250 miles in 15 minutes. Where's Tesla in this 250 game? miles in 15 minutes. And Hi, Tesla. guaranteed that the uh, the CEO of Porsche will not be calling anybody a pedo in Thailand. So, I think, uh, I think really Elon's bu- ready to get in his own rocket <laughs> and launch himself somewhere. <laughs> Into the stratosphere. Um but I'm excited about these stats. So you know that Erica, finally, my wife, uh, after four Priuses, I, I managed to squire her into a 530EI performance, She's, a plug-in hybrid BMW. Is she happy about it? Um, no, she complained a lot. She Bitterly. Misses, she misses her Prius, but I feel like my family's safe. I, I really love this car. It reminds me of the Panamera E-Hybrid Turbo S in a much more... Uh, sedan, uh, obviously not as fast version, doesn't have the same range, but I like the, the feel package. of German electric cars. They feel substantial. They feel well put together, and I feel better in that than I feel in, a, in when I get it's in like a Tesla. A, it's like a well-taught electric fence. Well, it's the same thing. You get the brand, you get the brand value in electric car. And I don't, you know, we've said it before. There's no way Tesla's going to compete with this. I'm sorry. There's Goodbye. no, there's no way. And Goodbye. now when I look at stats like this for this car that's going to be out in what nineteen when nineteen months is that what we heard yesterday? It's going to crush. It's going to crush, and it's super cool looking. Oh, fast charge and this charging this this idea that you can charge in 15 minutes that's and go almost, 250 miles. That's almost a gas stop, right? You get caught coming back from Dodger Stadium. Do you think you could pull up to Starbucks and like run a wire in no, with here's, your laptop and just charge charge it well, up that I, way? You know, one. So they say with the right charger. That's how they phrase that. With the right charger. So in other words, if you pay some more money, you mean, <laughs> no, no, they're saying like if you can hook up to one of those giant <laughs> metal like the windmill that make electric poles. Yeah. <laughs> that thing. No, they're putting these super duper chargers in the dealerships. That oh. are, I, I don't know if they're uh, – and I think there's uh, – I don't know much about this, but so I they, know at home I have the 240. I think there's a level above that. That. <laughs> so are you telling me that we should invest in charging stations with this technology? Instead of gas stations, you have a charging I think station? Th- E-Man, I think that's going to happen with gas stations. I mean, I think eventually as we, we burn through this electri- electric era. We're about to head into the big electric car era, Right. Until we realize the polluting that we're doing to make the electricity. You're right. We already know where this is going. But we're going to have to go through it before we get to the hydrogen fuel cell. Because basically, it, it, these things are running on coal. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> it's your coal-powered, coal-powered yes. uh, mission E. Yeah, it's not, it's not, not going to be pretty. But right now, we're in the honeymoon stage, right? We're in love. It's beautiful. She's, she's perfect for me. This woman has no flaws. And then it's going to go terribly wrong. But I'm going to enjoy the honeymoon part of it. You're not going to get anything electric at Why? all? Why? Why? You I... don't like it? You know, <clears throat> he, we were, uh, Jerry and I were driving last week. He was out here. And he was in the 918. And, and what the hell was I in? The GT3 Touring? No, I was in something that I you had to. You were in to... the GT3 and I was in the, uh, I was in a turbo. <clears throat> no, I was in something harder to drive. And I don't know why. I can't remember what it was. It might have been your... It might have been your uh, 67S. The day that Jerry, listen, old man, Jerry yeah. drove the 918. Yes, sir. You drove the GT3 Touring. I drove the 997.2 Meissen Blue Turbo. Of oh, that's we, right. Okay. Yes. So we got caught <clears throat> in a hella traffic jam, the bad ones on the PCH. You know right. what some idiot does the U-turn? Right. And it's a big accident, and you stop, and right. you're not going anywhere. And when I got, you know, I, I was an hour late for my meeting that I was supposed to be at in town, and I called Jerry after and I go that was horrible and he goes I had the greatest experience because in that moment he turned his 918 to all electric rolled his windows down and just listened to the surf the waves crashing on the beach right near the PCH and he said it was a very relaxing experience even though he was in stop 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 and go traffic i think it's relaxing if you have so much money in the bank that you don't <laughs> that you don't i think you have to have this cushion and i got to tell giant. you i get in eric's electric car and i like it too i like 
I, I like the quiet okay. in the middle of the city. Now, it's not going to be my main form of driving, but that Panamera e-hybrid turbo s that was two cars had everything i wanted it had a race car in it and it had a quiet car. i and appreciate I and i respect that you are an adopter of technology that you're eager for the next thing you're eager to learn how these things work you you have fun with it and i am terror i guess i'm terrified of it and i don't understand it i don't want to understand it i don't want to try I just want to be left alone. Wow, that's what real old manism. Yes. That's fun. Yes. I have a better memory than you, but I do You've act- always had a better memory than yeah, me. Yeah, but- Yeah, you've uh, got yeah. a legal mind. Yes, you but- You can track I, the figures. Like, as I said, I want to be left behind. I'm, What's your name again? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What about, let's, before Maz is coming in, he's going to come in in one Maz. second. I want to, I've been wanting to bring this up, uh, like, for the last month, but because of my bad memory, I keep forgetting- what this this driving if you're coming to Malibu folks if you're going to be driving on oh, our Pacific Coast sakes. Highway is it Highway 1 is that Highway 1 yes Highway 1 the PCH right you, we've got to educate you about how to drive on this four lane road all right because it's 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 uh people are dying every day here but more importantly uh, Zuckerman and I are being inconvenienced by your bad driving as we try to get to Bills to have a cup of coffee right. in the and, Malibu and Country Depending Mart. upon my level of rage, <laughs> <laughs> it could be ugly. I've been unhinged lately on the road. We all are because, look, first and foremost, we've covered this before, and I know everyone out there can relate to this. The left lane is not meant for slow driving, and that that's happening a lot. It, what's happening, I'm noticing on the PCH, and I'm guessing across America, is the right lane is now becoming the passing lane because idiots are driving slowly in the left lane and thinking, well, if I'm going fast enough for the speed limit, I'm supposed to right. be there. The reality we- is you're supposed to stay to the right. doesn't matter what the speed limit is. You move to the right for faster traffic, and it's an epidemic in the PCH. People are like – they're like herd animals or like blood platelets streaming. They like to clump up. Mm-hmm. They, they want to be stuck next to each other, blocking traffic with no awareness that there's anybody who yes. wants to pass. And, and there is a strange wisdom that now says the right lane on PCH is dangerous. You want to be in the left lane. And that strange well, what wisdom... What is that strange wisdom? The Where strange wisdom from? is that the right lane, you are more likely to encounter a bicyclist or somebody who <clears throat> is pulling from a parking spot into PCH or stopping in the right lane to try to parallel park on PCH, which are all dangerous activities. I don't... I don't the people I see driving there, I don't think are thinking that. They're just the, going, the, the, hey, this the, lane's open. I'm going to move over the here. The Malibuites think that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They do. The locals Well, there's some that. truth to that. There is some the truth The cars do pull out. The people do pull out from the side and you can get hit. But, you know, by the same token, you've got all these people doing U-turns. Now, you're the, telling me the U-turns on PCH are, are illegal. The They're illegal. They're the they absolute, are illegal. They are illegal except where indicated that you can do it. And there, are, and there are spots to do it. And just because you want to get it done quickly or you don't know where that spot is just drive a little bit further until you see the U-turn lane, the designated U-turn area, usually at some form of an intersection or a light, and you can safely U-turn. And there. it's you're, you're driving down the road and you see a spot on the other side of the road and you think, I'm going to take this U-turn to get my family into this spot. And guess what happens Motorcycle. most of the time? Motorcycles. But people die. Every weekend, oh, people die. I've seen it in front die. of my eyes. Yeah. Seen it in front of my eyes. You know, I saw a guy die last week with Farrah when we were up in the up in the hills shooting a video for Road and Track. Did I tell you that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every time I go up to Angeles Crest or in those canyons, I see death. Zuckerman, you told me the story, and I saw and you, death again. But you made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. You're going to make horrible. me laugh in front of the audience. <laughs> it was a horror. We, you know, Matt Farrah and up and I were up there with the GT3 Touring. And the uh, the new Carrera T, and he was doing a comparison, not really comparing both cars because they don't really compare, but just you know the virtues of each car. And we finished shooting this video. We were happy. We were coming down, and we were coming across this bridge, which was not unlike that bridge on um, up in Carmel Big Sur, yeah. in Big Sur, right? That big one with the yeah. big drop. And uh, and uh, we you know fire trucks, police, construction workers. We wait, 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 and after about fifteen minutes of waiting, not knowing that there was even an emergency there. Farrah gets out and waves me over and gives me the, the hand signal and points over the edge. And I'm like, oh, that's the hand signal for someone jumped. And I get out of the car and look, and sure enough, someone uh, pulled up their truck, uh, said hi to the construction workers there. 
a fella, not a fella kind of our age, just and then just jumped over the side, and there he was, his uh, crumpled mask and that's down below. What, that's what the funny part was, and I hate to say there's anything funny about this. You told me he walked up to the construction workers, he said hello, yes, and then he jumped over the yeah. side. He said hi. <laughs> okay, why do you say hi? Why don't you say bye? I guess bye? he was being polite. What, what's wrong with bye? Why hi? I don't know. What? Why would you? Okay. The whole thing was horrible. It, it, you know, obviously he had the worst day of all of us. But it's not it's, funny. But I just, it, how if you're the construction guy, how do you? How does your mind ever make sense again yeah. that someone said hi and then and then jumped well, off the they bridge? Were in, they were in shock. Of they, course they, they were, were laughing like you were laughing. Of course they were shocked. I was it's, just like I don't understand surreal. why anyone would even do it's this. Dissonance. It's, yeah. Hello. Usually somebody would say, you know, uh, you might want to turn your eyes because I'm going to kill myself. Don't look. Don't well, look. Then Goodbye. I, wouldn't you tackle that guy then and no, stop him from doing it? I don't it? know what I would do, but it would be better than trying to make sense of why did he say hi so nicely and then climb up on the rail and, and kill himself. He had a really nice pickup truck, too. That's the one thing I noted when I went by. I saw his truck. It was a brand new Raptor. And I thought, hmm. It's a pretty I guess that didn't work. I guess the brand nice... new Raptor didn't fix the problem. Yeah, whatever it was. It's well, an inside job, Ferriston. Yeah. All the cars in the world will not fix that problem, will not fill that hole in your soul. What about a 250 short wheelbase? Hmm. <laughs> Let's take a break, and we're going to bring in Monster Brownie. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans, the pair that fits perfectly and always looks great, the pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, here, hosting a podcast. They're the go-to. Do not underestimate their importance. No one else knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles. Wrangler jeans are made for the modern day adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving. You know, the drivers. Whether you ride a bike, a bronc, or skateboard, or you're the type who walks the earth in search of something, these are jeans for you. Classic, modern styles, a range of fits, at a price that works for you. Vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone. And don't forget the iconic patch and our stitched W American icons for over 70 years. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and women. Wrangler, denim made for the modern world. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, we're here with Maz Jabrani. Maz, you don't have to wear the headphones if you don't want. It's up to you. Just feels, feels more official, though. Okay. Right. You guys aren't wearing headphones? I'm not wearing I don't. Screw it. I, it throws me off for Screw some it. reason. How are you, like, man? I feel like I, that's, I don't know, it feels like you're broadcasting when you got the headphones on. It does. Right? But we're not. We're recording. We have no one calling in. <laughs> no one's calling in. We do occasionally take calls, but uh, it's uh, it can get depressing. Oh, yeah. Um, your new Netflix special is called Immigrant. It can yes. be streamed now. Uh, Maz is on a national tour with all dates at mazjabrani.com, and he's reachable at mazjabrani on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Do you even respond to people? On I any do, of those unfortunately, sites? more than I should. <laughs> I have the weird. I have this oh. weird uh, tendency. Like I'll read it and I'll be like, ah, what level of crazy is this? Mm-hmm. And I get all kinds. So you get like some some people lead with like, oh, I'm a fan. And I mean, sometimes it's just very innocuous. I'm a fan, and this and that. Oh, thank you. And then, oh my God, you responded. And I'm like, oh, that was neat. I didn't realize like I had that effect. That's mm-hmm. cool. And then you have like people that'll say, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I want to be an actor, and I, I don't know where to start. And then so then I go, okay, that that's that's that that seems uh, sane enough. So then I'll say like, you know, you should you know do some theater and this and that. And then they'll be like. Yeah, but if you just can send me some money to get me <laughs> out of India to L- L.A., it would really help. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happened? You wanted advice. Now you want money. Uh, uh. I just got – you're reminding me. Someone just sent me one from uh, Nigeria, a guy who's asking me for money. He had some sort of medical procedure, and he started sending me pictures of him in, in the hospital room, but he just has a big mask on his face. I've got to find this for you. you remember, I, the, I made, and there was, was the like, Reverend Peevler. Yeah, this is the, the picture, Zuckerman. This is a straight up scam. Made me so, made me laugh so hard because it really does not convince you of anything. Anyway, I'm going to find that. I'm going to show it to you, Maz. Maz and I have known each other for a very long time. I think I caught up with you with the Axis of Evil comedy tour, right? Yes, I think it was around there, even before, because you you reached out to me. Uh, Spike was trying to. Spike was the way you told me the story. You were driving through Beverly Hills and you saw all those Persian palaces, the Persian mansions, <clears throat> right, where the Iranians had taken the. <laughs> 
<laughs> Beverly Hills, you know, mansions and put uh, like Persian columns in the front. <laughs> White ones. Yeah, exactly. So he was like, so I guess he said he called his agent and he's like, I want to do a show about like this Persian family in Beverly Hills. And he goes, find me a Persian comedian. And, and he said, you said your agent was like, I'm on it. And then you go, I never heard from my agent again. Like, he yeah, didn't, that's right. He didn't know where no. to go. And then you happen to be watching Nights of Prosperity because you'd work with Rob Burnett. Oh, that's right. And right, right. And um, you saw me and you go, wait, what's this guy? And then, and then you looked it up and I was this Persian comedian. And then we got together and we sold a, a show about 10 years to ago. To CBS. To CBS. Right, a pilot. That's right. Yeah, it was me. Did, was it called Tarangulus? No, it wasn't. I forget what we <laughs> called it. It should have been. It was me, you, and uh, um, um, uh, Chuck Martin. Chuck Martin, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then I think we both had our first kids around there. I had my son is 10 now. How old is right. Jack? Uh, he's 10. Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. So we had our kids right around yeah. the same time. And I would go see Moz perform. And uh, I could not believe what I saw. Just filling these gigantic theaters. And this whole world opened up to me of Persian comedy right? that I did not know existed yeah. that is thriving well, you and know, making it's, money. It's com- it, first of all, now there's a lot of like niche markets in the sort, and the hope is to cross well, wait, over. First yeah. of all, the backdrop for this, when this is all going on, this is George Bush era, right? Yes. So there's this whole thing about terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about terrorism. Yeah. And you guys turn it into a comedy tour, right? So that's yeah, the so, backdrop. Yeah, so we called it the Access to Evil Comedy Tour. We took that term that Bush had put out there, and we just turned it on its head. And mm-hmm. then it was int- what was interesting was because, I mean, it's, it's almost like we re- we're reliving it now in this right. world where yeah. I mean I, talk about craziness on, on Twitter like I, I, get, I see these people so there's a whole thing going on right now with the travel ban right? right there's a travel ban and there's six or seven countries in it one of those countries is Iran and a lot of Iranians are on Twitter going um, you know turn, you know, uh, uh, undo the travel ban because Iranians haven't done any act of terrorism in America like most Iranians that I know in America are you know they're, they're en- doctors engineers Uber drivers uh, the CEO of Uber. I mean, it's like we're all mm-hmm. over the place, but we're doing good stuff. So there's, some late, so there's a movement to like, please, like get Iran off this list so that our relatives can come and see us. And then there's some lady arguing with this other lady. And they say, she's like, no, we need America to be safe. And then this other lady's like, but what have we done? We haven't done anything. And she's like, well, I don't know what you've done, but you've done something. And so it's it's like actually evil again. So. <laughs> yeah. He said it. It's, but it's the craziest thing. So it's like we're reliving what you just said because I think there are there is a, a, a segment of the population who just hears these people are bad. Now, let, let me let me put a little little side note. The Iranian government is bad. You mm-hmm. know, the Iranian government is uh, human rights violators, and there's and there's a lot of uh, uh, you know things going on with the government that they're extremists and all that other stuff. But the people of Iran, and they'd been coming here, and they'd been thriving. Like, you know, when I do stand up comedy, sometimes I'll, I'll be going to colleges, and there's these exchange students that have come from Iran to America, and they're here. They are the American dream. They've like, they've they've excelled in in Iranian in Iran in the universities gotten a chance to come study at the top universities in America, and then they stay, and then they go and, like, work in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. So that's what they are. But now suddenly, like, I just did a show at Stanford, and the provost of Stanford got up before and said, in the past, Iranian exchange students were the highest percentage, uh, one of the highest percentage of students coming to our PhD program. She goes, next year, because of the travel ban, we have zero Iranian students coming in. So the the people really being affected by it are these innocent people. And so I think People hear, like during the Bush administration, they hear, oh, terrorists, 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 and they think, oh, all these people from that part of the world are terrorists. And then they come to an Axis Evil comedy show and they go, wait a minute, these people are laughing? Like, why are they laughing? Why aren't they chanting death to America? Because we don't. Right. (laughs) Because they're American. Yeah, we're American. And they're making fun of you. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's super funny. And and you're super funny. And I love the angle you have. Are you guys going to put, it's a perfect time to put something together like this, right? You know, there's. uh, Is that what your Netflix special is? The Netflix was just called Immigrant, and the right. Netflix. But what, what, what happened with the Netflix special was I actually t- taped it last year in um, in uh, at the Kennedy Center. Mm-hmm. So the idea was to go to the Kennedy Center in Trump's backyard and just kind of do a show there. And there was a lot of. I now I have. I mean, I've always had a lot of since I had my kids. I've had kid material, but I also have a lot of political material. I can't. I can't not talk about this. Right. So it was great. I, I actually got a chance to do it there, and I called it Immigrant, and I put a picture of myself as a, as a kid, like around the age I was when I came from America. I, was, I mean, from Iran. I was born in Iran. I left when I was six years old. So I just put a picture of around that age in the, as the backdrop because I wanted to remind anyone who's seeing it to go, these immigrants that you guys are pushing against, these are not 
terrorists. These are like refu- refugees coming from Syria. They're kids. There's people that are like trying to get away from. No, no one's in a great situation. Going, oh, our lives are great. We're making great money. You know, family's great. I speak the language, but let's go somewhere where we don't speak the language. Let's go to America and see how we can do. No, people are fleeing a bad situation, and America's their hope. So part of the message of the Immigrant Special was that. And what what was was fun about it was the audience was mixed. And so what I would do is I would come upon a word, like there's a a, a bit I do where, and just like silly words, like like there's a part where I like grab my crotch, and then I turn to like this white dude in the front. I go, I guarantee you right now, the Persians are judging me because I grabbed my balls. They're going to be like, oh, no, he grabbed his balls on national television. This is going to put our culture back 200 years. You know, like they're upset, right? And then, and then, I, and then I start riffing on, on balls. And then I go, the way we say balls in Persian is toh. And then I turn to, and I go, who else is here? And like, there's like a, uh, there's a Pakistani dude. I go, how do you say balls in, in, in Urdu? And he's like, it's, uh, it's uh, I think it's like, um, it's uh, uh, goti. Gorte, <laughs> gorte, and then I go, and then I, they, then I say Ukrainian, and I go, what, how do you say balls in Ukrainian or Russian? And she goes, yaitsia. I go, that sounds like you're surprised to see the balls. So it just becomes this whole riff on immigrants throwing out the word balls, and it's just a fun way to be like, look, we're, we're, there's people from all different backgrounds. We're laughing. And so that was probably one of the underlying messages of that special. Right. Do you, you feel know? pressure, though, that you're like the voice of the Persian people out there? Because really a comedian is not the proper voice of a people. Listen, right? I will tell you <laughs> You're out there to be funny. No. And they're going to go, well, wait a minute. Like no. you said, I mean, there are other areas that they don't want you to tread into. You're like, look, that, this is about comedy. It's yeah. not really about me moving you forward as a people. Well, I will right? tell you some of the – actually my own – like the Persian people have turned against me sometimes. <laughs> I, and I'll tell you, you why. Make us look bad. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Make Look back, but also there's some Persians who like Trump, and they mm-hmm. like Trump. Originally, I think it was—I thought it was a financial thing, but I think that they like the strong man. This guy talks tough. He's and they think that Trump is somehow going to overthrow the Islamic Republic of Iran. So it depends on what type uh, of Persian immigrant, <clears throat> maybe what religious background. Not just the religious background, because a lot of them are a lot of them are Muslims, but just by name. Like a lot of Iranians right. in the West were secular, like we're just not that religious. Right. And as a matter of fact, a lot of Iranians have a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to Islam, because the government that took over was an Islamic government. Right. And if you go back in the history of Iran, like Islam didn't come to Iran until like the, I don't know, 15 or 1300s or 1500s or whatever. So originally Iran wasn't even Muslim. So a lot of Iranians actually, one thing they're very sensitive about is if you go, if you call an Iranian Arab, they'll be like, no, 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 I'm not. It's like calling a Spanish dude a Mexican. They're like, I'm not Mexican. I'm Spanish, you know. So Don't give like, Zuckerman any ideas. Yeah. He's always well, fighting we in traffic. The, the first monotheistic <laughs> religion was founded in Persia. Yeah. Zoroastrianism. That's beautiful. My dear yeah. friend, that you do not know this. Yeah. I do. Yes, that. how'd you know that? That's great. You know, and they had the coolest god. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Fire. And yep. they're and they're and they're simple the Zoroastrianism to live by Zoroastrianism, good thoughts. Lead to good words, mm-hmm. lead to good deeds. Good thoughts, good words, good deeds. God, I, I better become that guy on the road. I'm going to become a Zoroastrian on the road <laughs> because should. I have bad thoughts lead to bad words lead to bad deeds. I fuck you everything tell up what you on the road. Yeah. So Kevin and I, are, that's our biggest problem is trying not to have road rage. Oh, really? Yes. On the road on the weekends when we we both really, inside of it, we just want to relax. Yeah. And we end up ruining our days with these fights on the way oh, God. to uh, coffee. And then, and then being emotionally hungover and Malibu <laughs> at, the, at the coffee shop. I need to go to therapy. I'm and so tr- sad. We're trying Bloody to control right. it by preaching. You know, we just did it before you came in about how to drive on the roads we're driving <laughs> Hilarious. It's really but the this wrong, is all I need. Good thoughts, strategy. good words, good deeds. This is Maz all I need. Maz Jibrani is my now. He is my. I he's am, my god. There he's, you go. Yeah. The, the the god of 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 driving. Yes. You know, just like road easy behavior. Driving. Yeah. How road are you behavior. on the road, Maz? Are you? Okay? I'm actually pretty good. It's funny. You're very I, happy. You're very happy. Uh, well, disposition, I just did, peaceful disposition. Absolutely. In fact, I think you were one of those guys I've never seen angry before. I don't get angry that often. Yeah. And so uh, I'll tell you two things. First of all, I just did the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And you know Orny Adams? You know yeah. Orny Adams? Mm-hmm. So Orny was doing a bit about how um, when you watch the commercials nowadays, as you get older, the commercials are talking to you. And he goes, the commercial <laughs> said, do you have, you know, do, you know, do you have low T, which stands for low <laughs> testosterone. Right. And then he was saying how... Low T is like is a great thing because he goes yeah. the guy with low T when the when the when the car cuts him off in traffic he's not affected by it right it made me think I go maybe I got low T because in all honesty like by the time I get around to honking the it's the guy's gone like that right. that's how slow I get I react to that stuff yeah. now that said there are moments for example today I had 
a moment where so I was three or four cars back and we're all waiting to make a left and then the light pretty much was turning yellow and this car just wasn't going and then it turned red and the car was still there. Now I'm in the middle and I'm of the road and I need to turn. I, I got to turn left, but this car in the front of the line ain't going. So I kind of put the, you know, I honked. I'm like, come on. And then I, and then I, and then I, uh, we all turned left. And then I said, I'm just going to get around these people. So I get around them. And as I'm going past that front car that was holding, you know, the traffic, I realized, oh, it's one of the neighbors down the street that I know. (laughs) So she didn't see me. But I was like, it reminded me. I go, you can't because you you lose you lose your shit. And then you go, oh, no. And you're always that guy. Yeah. I just did that last night. I had the entire family in the 87-911, the kids in the jump seats. And we were coming up to the house. And. Someone went up and around me, and I raced them, and it turned out to be my neighbor. You're so reactive. It's <laughs> yeah. hard not to be that reactive. Yeah. When I was on the way over here, there was a woman in a car. She went around me in the left turn pocket on Lapeer to get ahead of me, and then at Burden Way, she ran the double red lights there. Like I don't know what she was in a rush for, but I know who the person is. They have a personalized license plate. They're a trainer. They train at the gym we were talking oh, about yeah. earlier, and that's the now I know forever. That's the lunatic <clears throat> who ran the yeah. red lights. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like you know, I feel like you said. I don't. I don't really. I don't lose my lose my shit that often, and I try to remain calm. I had another incident that wasn't a road racing; it was a phone thing. So I was calling the cable company, <laughs> and the late. It was weird. The lady, for no reason, was just being rude. And I'm like, and I had her on speaker, and I was like, I, I was ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And then my wife was on the computer over there, and she was typing away. And then the, and then I asked the lady a question. I was like, so, so I said, just to be clear, so if I do this, then that, and this, she goes, sir, if you just let me explain, Whoa. like I did already. I'm like, and then my <clears throat> wife looked at me like, what is going on? And I, and I go, I'm sorry, are, are, you know, are you okay? And then she would pause because I'm guessing she's in there breathing. She's like. Like she's getting worked. I haven't done anything. What time yeah, of the day was the this? This was like afternoon sometime. Well, yeah. Could you imagine having that job being the cable lady, and what you yeah. and who you've talked to the twenty thirty customers who were not you before? Absolutely. But but yeah. I, we have to take a break. Okay. We're going to come back in one minute with more Monster Brownie Spikes Car Radio. When it comes to technology, the difference between consumer-grade and business-class PCs is just as marked up as for commercial flights. And for many, the upgrade is worthwhile. Here's the difference a business-class device can make for you. Many modern consumer-grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize battery life over processing power. Business-class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, allowing users to work faster and longer while on the road. Every HP Elite PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support, providing 24-7, 365-day dedicated service from U.S.-based specialists who are dedicated solely to supporting HP Elite products. HP Elite PCs are designed to pass MILSTD testing for and are tested for 115,000 hours to HP's own testing standards to help ensure durability. New HP Elite Book 700 series notebooks are also made with Corning Gorilla Glass and a magnesium alloy chassis that's 18 times stronger than plastic, just like me. And right now, get an extra 10% off select 8th generation Intel-powered HP PCs with Spike until September 17th when you go to hp.com forward slash spike. I've been getting a lot of hell about the the slashes. It's not backslash spike. It's forward slash. Well, there you go, sir. Your note has been addressed. hp.com forward slash spike. Promo code spike. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, here we're back. Maz Jabrani, Zuckerman. We're just trying to be good people in the world. Be good. Talking about all this trouble that we get, all this aggravation. You were discussing the woman on the phone. I, you're right. I mean, imagine being having that job. You know what I do to these operators when they call me? Yeah. It's bad. I, you know, I, sometimes I'll spend an hour. You know, you know when you get that, that spam call? Sometimes oh, I'll sp- give that guy an hour and waste his time. Oh, Until well, he swears. I had a great one the other day that ended with him going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then he slammed the phone down. <laughs> and you were happy. And I was happy. <laughs> I was, see, you're, that's, that's the receiving call. Yes. And that takes a lot of patience for you. I know. If you could have that patience but in traffic. All... If you could have that patience in traffic. 
I do. I actually do. I try really hard to let it all go. But I find that what causes my reactions is usually outside circumstances. Mm -hmm. I'm up in my head thinking about some project that's going sideways or some fight I had with some – you know what I mean? It's some little issue that I have, and then I take it out on the person in traffic. Of course. Yeah. And and that big Range Rover I drive does not help. That – I feel like I've got my my transformer suit on. (laughs) So what are you can, listening to? Are you, are you listening to uh, like NPR or an <clears throat> no. XM or oh, podcast? No. Howard or... Stern, generally. Stern. Yeah. yeah. If I'm listening to Stern, I'm very relaxed because I'm kind of I've got an ear on that, and I'll let people kind of go and do stuff. But if I'm, uh, you know, it's the it's the old Jay Leno thing. You know, if you're in a rush, that's where it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you leave early. That's a you know I did it today. I left early. I had no incidents. I got here a little early. Had a little time to prep and. No there, was a, there was a thing I heard where they were talking about um, – uh, it was NPR was talking about some study that was done where it used to be – it used to it used to be thought that um, bigger stresses in life cause more damage to you. But this study came out that said the little stresses also do the same amount of damage. So they were saying like whether it's like, oh, my God, I'm losing my home mm-hmm. or it's, oh, my God, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Right. They have the same effect on you yes. mentally and physically. And so this person was trying to explain on exactly what you just said. They said when you're late, it's like it's it's teaching yourself to go, okay, I'm late. And now what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm right. going to miss that right. appointment, whatever, whatever. There's nothing I can do. I can't get my car up and fly out of here. I'm very good at telling my wife all of this stuff. I just can't apply it to myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm very good. The toolkit with, that doesn't work uh, yeah, on yourself. Yeah. On, Let just me help on everyone you with else. your problem, but I'm not going to be able to fix it myself. Anyway, I want you know. I know you just had a series on CBS, Superior Donuts. Yeah. I was so happy for you that you finally, after all this time, made it onto CBS. <laughs> you guys ran for two years? Two years. What was the experience like for you? Because it was a great little show. I really liked it. Yeah, I'll be honest. It was the the number one thing was because uh, I'm as a as a stand up I'm touring all the time and I've got my ten year old son and my seven year old daughter and so being away and then my wife is always stressed out about like if I'm gone she's like I got to take them to this and that and that and <laughs> so you know I'm somewhere in like North Carolina on the phone like right. checking in and yeah. then I'm just getting yelled at I'm like oh my god like, <laughs> why did I check in you know um, that's the check in yeah. that's the check in exactly. same as it's always been um, so I. So it, having the show was good, number one, because it kept me home. Yep. It was a day job. But what was actually interesting, interestingly enough, my kids had not known me be, being on a series. And my wife doesn't work. So neither one of us was, you know, during the week, if I'd be doing stand-up, I'd be, I'd be gone for the weekends. But during the week, I'd be home. So anytime there was a school event, yes. my wife and I would show up. Mm-hmm. And so when I was on the series, it was kind of funny because the kids, a couple of times, I had to go rehearse or whatever for the series and my kids were like what do you mean you're not going to be at the hoopathon or whatever it is and uh and uh i was like oh i gotta go work and then i, I realized my kids have never never known working parents really like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like right, right. nine to five parents and uh and i had to explain that to them but again i was able to stay home the second thing that was great was the cast was amazing mm-hmm. so judd hirsch and katie seagal and david keckner jermaine fowler Everybody was just nice. Diane Guerrero, Rel Battle. Um, the third thing that was great was it was a steady paycheck. Right, All right. those things were great. The half-hour money is big money half hour for the comedian. Money, right? and, and the hours are really – I mean, listen, it, it is it, – it can be a grind because Monday, Tuesday, you go all day, and Tuesday you're there till whatever hour it is, and then the next day you're back at a table read. Mm-hmm. So that part of it, like all that stuff was great. The The frustrating thing for me was just creatively speaking – it was a fun character to play, but you sit there sometimes and you're like, oh, I wish I could go. Because CBS, obviously, you can only go so far. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the that's the, the, the balance that we have to, as, as comedians or as performers, we go, do I want the network thing that's going to be easier hours in the sort, but not quite as edgy or as, you know, whatever I want it to be? Or do I go the other way? Do I go artistic? So I think part of me inside was kind of there was a lot of weeks where, for example, I was you know I was a seven, there were seven characters and I was like you know the fourth or fifth character in that line. So there were certain weeks where I'd be like, oh, I'm saying like four lines this week. I'm getting paid a lot of money to do it per line. I'm probably doing great. 
<laughs> but 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 artistically, I felt like yeah. I want to do more. Right. You well, know? that's kind of a half-hour multicam sitcom. That's a, yeah, exactly. But it must have been fun to work in front of an audience. It's it's such you know it's oh, yeah. so it's so funny because you don't see a lot of these shows anymore. These multicams, but they're really they may, maybe you're not watching them at home, but when you're making them, they're great. It's a great week, right? Well, let me tell you. you and what nights were you shooting? We were shooting Tuesday nights, and let me tell you something oh, I learned shooting this. So what, I, did, what day did you have off? We had so shoot Tuesday night. Shoot Tuesday, table read Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, rehearse, uh, rehearse, and rehearse and block, and then Monday is pre-shoot Tuesday. We didn't have, so nothing over the off. weekend. Oh, Weekends that's great. Were. But here's the thing, though: is one thing I learned. We actually got we got a chance to work with Jimmy Burroughs, which was great, and uh, and and just having guys like Judd Hirsch and all these people that are you know TV legends, and we'd be talking about it. And and I would watch. I would be there at the live shoot taping, mm-hmm. and there'd be some really funny things happening. And there'd be like, like, let's say David Koechner would do something, and then Katie Seagal would react, mm-hmm. and the crowd would be going nuts because the way it played out. Yeah. And then I'd watch it the next Monday or whatever we were on Mondays, and it would it would have been con- compressed. Yes. And suddenly that laugh doesn't happen as much mm-hmm. anymore. And the reason was because of the time now. Back in the day, they had 22 minutes or whatever it was. Now we got 20 minutes. So now they're like... Is that what it's down to? Yeah. I thought it was 21.38. Now it's 20. I think it's in that 20 range. So whatever wow. it was, it was like... Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. So you'd you be have sitting no there going like, oh my God, that what happened to that? That moment was magic. Mm. And unfortunately, just because of the world we live in right now, that they got to squeeze it in however they got to squeeze it in. I feel that... that that multicams suffer because of that. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of any multicam right now. Maybe, maybe I mean I don't, I don't really watch Big Bang, but I can't think of a multicam that I watch and I go, oh my god! Like for example, <laughs> Modern Family is hilarious, but it's not multicam. No. It's single cam. But you could put up some of those single cams in front of an audience. Like you could take any one of those single cam shows, even like Silicon Valley, throw it up in front of an audience, and it would be a multicam. <laughs> I don't think, except for the locations and some of the shooting and the exteriors, obviously. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Could you explain? Because I'm a layperson. What's the difference between multi and single? Uh, well, multi- the multicam is you're on a stage in Hollywood or in Studio City, and you're putting on the show in front of a live audience, and it's it goes live to tape, and then it's edited. So it's essentially like a play. It's like Seinfeld was shot. And right? they call it multicam because there's four cameras going at the same time. Which, by the way, right. I was watching the Robin Williams uh, documentary on HBO, mm-hmm. and it's and the and uh, Gary Marshall's son was talking about how. It used Mork and Mindy used to be three cameras, and because Robin Williams would be going all over the place, doing brilliant stuff, uh-huh. and then he said, uh, "Gary Marshall will go over the camera guy." I go, did you get that? And he goes, "No," because he left his mark. And then, <laughs> he's not. And it's to the tape. And, and then so Gary Marshall goes, "The guy's a genius." He goes, "If he's that much of a genius, tell him to hit his mark." <laughs> so then Gary Marshall brought the fourth camera in to capture ah. Robin Williams. Oh wow! And that's why now every multicam has four cameras. There you go. Right. Now the single cam is just—it's like you're shooting a film. So you're going to go on location. You'll shoot your scenes out at the airport or wherever you want. And you're, you're primarily shooting without an audience. No laugh track. You know, you're shooting a little film. Right, even if it's short. So and the that's hours, the and I'm sure the r- hours for writers are different, but for the hours for for actors, when you do multicam, you just it's like putting on a play. So you rehearse throughout several days, and then the final day you put it up in front of an audience, and like you'll start, let's say at 5 p.m. and be done by nine or whatever it is, four hours straight. Boom, 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 you're done. Whereas we've the, got a show in the can, right? Show in right. the can. Whereas a single camera, they'll <clears> say like, okay, we're getting your scenes tomorrow. Show up at 5 a.m. And there, there's just a lot longer. It's a longer process. So for actors, a lot of lighting, yeah. a lot of breaks, oh, lots yeah. of nothing, right, lots yeah. of yeah. lots of time used up. But it is the preferred cool mode of comedy delivery, I think. It is. It is right. I mean, but more people tend to watch the multicams when they're done right. Absolutely, and I think I think like was, I can think of you know it used to be like Seinfeld and Cheers, and mm-hmm. there was some that were really like oh my god this is as funny as what a single cam could be with on a multicam. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really hard because it's like it's a stage, and it's, for example, let's say you wanted to do you know Friends was obviously a successful multicam, but it was always in this fake coffee shop. Whereas when you do let's say whatever Law and Order, which is a single, it was not a comedy, but whatever if you do. Some of these shows that are in New York City, you're in the city, you're getting the city, you're getting right. all that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, 
it's the debate that we have as performers. Do I want to do what I feel is a little more creative and mm-hmm. do a single cam, or do I want to do the multicam, less creative, easier to do? I find I'm not happy wherever I am. <laughs> Will, do we need to take one more break? All right, we're going to take one more break. Sorry, we're, we're, we're getting lots of sponsors, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with Maz Jabrani and The Real Zuckerman. Just think of all the weird things found in cars. And I'm not talking about your garden variety petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about people in general. And another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs, and BWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OT technology series multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. I wear these belts in my pants. Go with Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit OETechnologySeries.com. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Welcome back. That was a long break. I wonder if people do people listen to the ads in the podcast. Do you do you listen to podcasts? I forward the ads? the ads on the podcast. You forward the ad, right? So it's kind of the honor system. Is that how it works, Will? Yeah. We hope they listen. Yeah. Yeah. Will was on his uh, vacation this past week and went up to visit his grandma, and her uh, farm was on fire. Part of that California furnace. Well, yeah, the whole so city. Yeah, his, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, taking pulling animals out. Were you literally carrying animals out of there? Uh, we we had six little like. Two week old kittens that we brought well, back to the house. Well, those aren't farm animals. That's but not then hard. horses we put in trailers, goats oh, in the trailer. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I couldn't carry those. Wow. Seriously. And so when do they go back? She's uh, she's back in the house. The house oh, is okay. Are. Yeah. But uh, the whole, I mean, 100,000 acres is crazy. Moving a farm. Yeah. <laughs> what a and vacation. I, and I'm, and I'm having vacation. trouble just going a mile from my <laughs> office to here. <laughs> I know. There are people with real problems out there, Zuckerman. Not us. Right? Real problems. Real problems. Real real stuff that's going down. And here we are complaining about Porsche making too many Porsches. Bitterly complaining about nothing. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? What do you drive, Maz? What are you driving for a car? I have uh, the Audi Q7 <clears> the <throat> uh, for the family, you know? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I love it. It's a great car. and Folding uh, a third row. Yes. What we like about that. That's why I got it. Yep. Um, and then we've got a Prius. And uh, there you go. Yeah, I'm done. I'm You're, set. <laughs> That's all the I need. Persian people that you introduce me to have a flair for style. That when yes. I came over to your house for a birthday party or for yeah. some barbecue, yeah, there is a lot of Mercedes. a lot of the same things we like, Zuckerman. The sunglasses, yeah. the watches, the yeah. cool cars, and a real player attitude. What well, is that attitude that well, I'm noticing? That uh, that charm, <laughs> cool style. guy. No, there's a charm. cool guy yeah. style thing there's happening. A, there's there. a unique. listen. We're, I think a lot of the Persians that we know in LA are probably well off, and they and I and and Persians tend to have uh, expensive tastes. And so you take them and then you bring them into Beverly Hills. So you've mixed like this. It's like this <laughs> mega super, you know, it's like craziest stuff you'll see. I mean, right. I mean, it's like they, they try to outdo each other at parties and stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> right. oh, you had a you had kebab and sushi. I'm going to have kebab, sushi and uh, Wolfgang Puck. You know, he will be there making the pizzas. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of one-upsmanship going on. A lot on. of one-upsmanship. But you didn't grow up wealthy. You didn't grow up wealthy at all, right? We didn't know. My father was actually – Because when we were writing this show, we were talking about that misconception about Persian people. They're not all rich. Well, there's definitely – but my dad actually had a lot of money when we left Iran. He 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 had an electric company. He owned an electric company in Iran, so he was a self-made millionaire. He brought a lot of his money to America and then lost it in real estate investments that like once – he bought a bunch of – uh, properties in Northern California, mm-hmm. and then the recession in the early '80s hit, and he couldn't get rid of them. And then he just bled out the money. And by the time he passed away, he was pretty much broke. That's a story you never hear. Yeah, the not success story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's a common yeah, story. With property, huh? It's a common story because a lot of people came from these countries where, like, if you're doing well in those countries and you know how to navigate it, you just you know you end up doing well. Like we, the, the, these, I was I used to do a joke about how like a lot of these countries that we come from, that immigrants come from. They're not big on, let's say, a 401k. 
which is like put your money away for the future. They're like, no, no, I'm a baller. I'm gonna always gonna be a baller, <laughs> and and you know I've got relatives that'll bail me out. Don't worry, it's all good. Right. But I go in America. They say even if you're a ball, put some money away for later. And I used to joke about how like my mom didn't know what a 401k K was. She thought it was the new Mercedes. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you got the 401k. You yeah. know, I might get one in black. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the but the Persians like it was actually kind of funny too. Somebody sent out a tweet because these Persians who are supporting Trump. Uh, somebody put out that uh, all these Iranians who love Trump, now that he's getting ready to put uh, tariffs on luxury cars, which, by the way, yeah, they did no, not. I know. They ended up not doing it. They did. He, they made a little deal with the EU, but he was saying, I bet you all these Persians are shaking in their boots because they're like, oh, well, there goes our Mercedes and our BMWs. They're going to go up. <laughs> like, that's what they buy. <laughs> right. Yeah, so my people tend to buy Mercedes, BMWs. Uh, that That's kind of the stereotypical car that they would drive. How can we get them into Porsches? <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's several. I'm sure there's several of my my people driving Porsches as well. You know, I've seen I've I've personally like seen them like driving around the Porsches, and I'm like, God, that might be a fun car in the future. Like, I'm so deep with the family stuff right now that like, well, you're I, not that deep. Ten and eight. Now they're. They're walking around, right? I have a ten and an eight. Yeah, they're walking around, but like, it's like, okay, now I got to drive you to soccer. Now I got to drive you, you here. Could, they're now still I... tiny enough to fit in those little back seats. You're trying to sell me in the jumpy seats. Yeah, being I all... in those little back seats. <laughs> comedians yeah. need Porsches. I, all okay. comedians need Porsches. I and you've a personal it. injury lawyer. You, you That's work, part of it. You work very hard. Your wife isn't going to stop you from doing that. I, I mean, I got to get rid of the Audi then, I guess, because we no. got, we need two. When no. I got three cars. Yeah, you get three cars. Oh, jeez. Yeah, why not? Just These one ideas fun you're putting car. in my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, well, the Audi Q7 actually has it's a it's a sports car. It is sporty. I mean, it's sporty. sporty. It's in the sporty category. Yeah, like when I put, press that gas, I feel mm-hmm. I feel the power. Yes. And I go, thank God for German-engineered SUVs. Like, this yes. thing's a badass car. As far as soccer mom vehicles, that is the most sporty of them. Yes. <laughs> I always enjoyed. Did you get black? Uh, I got a, a dark blue. It's kind of oh, cool. Oh, great. Oh, I yeah. know that color. Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Well, with that's like fine. A, with like a reddish interior. Mm-hmm. Very wow. nice. Yeah. Reddish? Yeah. I've never seen that before. Although, I will tell you, the so I got the 20, I guess it was 2018. I just got it. So, yeah, 2018. That the, sounds like the, a cool car. Uh, every three years, I'm doing the lease. <clears throat> right. So three year, the previous one, which must have been a 2015 or whatever it was, um, the air conditioning was better than the current one. Really? I don't know what it feels like. It's not w- as strong as it used to be. That sounds like a lemon. You and I, Zuckerman, have been noticing these air conditioning issues lately. I had a, an issue in my Range Rover. Where the 87 doesn't see, the AC doesn't seem to be working in that that we overhauled, and, and you know I wonder what's going on. Because what, were we, it, what were we talking? About? We were talking about this with respect to home air conditioning because we've no, had some humid, horrible heat waves here. Yes, and everybody's AC went out in Los Angeles County on the same two days. But we were talking. Zuckerman brought up the point. We're like, well, why does Las Vegas air conditioning work? Why does it work we, in Arizona? Because when all when, our AC went out, the AC guy goes, "Oh, they just don't make them like they used to. They're not. They don't. They don't last." This yeah, he really? said, uh, uh, "What? What's going on in Vegas? They don't lose AC." Yeah, he Arizona said above ninety-eight in the humidity level and. Well, what you were saying is interesting because I was in Houston doing shows, talk about Persians. They, one of the things Iranians are, they're very entrepreneurial, so they're always in some business. So these young guys that came to go to have lunch with me, and we're having, and then my friend knew them, and we're all going to lunch. And I go, so what do you do? And they were all kind of like slicked up, kind of like, <laughs> hey, I imagine Jersey Shore but, yep. or, or, or mm-hmm. Shaza Sunset. They're all like, they look like, oh, they probably at the clubs, so I'm thinking to myself, they probably, I don't know, run a tanning salon. I don't know what they do. You know what I'm thinking? You know? <laughs> but you're eating with them. I mean, I'm going to lunch with these people. <laughs> you don't know what they do. I don't know what they, I'm eating. Let's hope I go, they're not what? serial killers. And I go, what do you do? And the guy goes, oh, I, I own one of the biggest air conditioning businesses in Houston. And I go, oh, that's cool. And I had just had to buy a new compressor or something for my home. And I was like, well, let me ask you this. I go, if I'd gotten in touch with you, could I have gotten a deal? And he's like, well, we're not allowed to ship out of Houston. Uh-huh. There's regulations, and he goes, Sucker and he goes, state Houston, state. and he goes, Houston is the biggest air conditioning market in the country because of the humidity. Right. So that's what that, I guess that's the difference is because some of these states, whether it's Nevada or, or or Texas or whatever, they have had such weather for so long that I think they've like they've excelled in that. So he was basically saying like our air conditioning uh, businesses here in in Texas. Are, are are much bigger than the businesses in California, 
And I'm guessing because California, it gets different hot. regulations, different regulations, different and- heat. We need to bring these guys to California. They're coming. They're going to come solve yeah. our AC problems. Well, what if I there's like a regulation? House, they can't do that. I want my house cold enough to make Jello. That's that's yeah. how I like it. You know what I've noticed in a lot of old houses here in LA is just there's a lot of there's no insulation anywhere, not in the floors, not in the attics, and the, you know you can feel the wind blow through the house because you know we live in a moderate climate. Oh, man, that's talk. that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem, Zuckerberg. But, like, you- well, but about this '87 though, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to uh, one of my guys because I really want it addressed. I mean, the AC when it gets bad, usually we don't even Porsches, use it. Right? The AC does not work. It just doesn't. But how do you make it work? You don't. They're not effective in those years. It's not until the 964 that it becomes effective and reliable. How can you not be making effective air conditioning the, in 1987? The Germans at that time, it was thought Germans, they still don't use air conditioning. They don't care about air conditioning. And you were going to take it that way because that's how the Germans did it. That was the price to pay for superior technology in the 80s. Can't you, can't you go in and have somebody soup it up for you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Yes. But then you might be violating... The, uh, ah, the preservation of this car, right? Things. No, no, no. Oh, the, the, oh, oh. Yeah, you're you're modifying it and maybe uh, making it's it. It's a cool weather car. Cool well, weather car. It's like when someone, it's like when someone puts a fin on a Honda Accord. Oh, I like yes, that. exactly. <laughs> the running lights to make it fast. There's, there's red lights on top for speed. <laughs> All right, Moz. Well, we got to wrap it up, everybody. Oh, well, so thank fun you to so see much you. for coming in. Yeah, man, it's yeah. it's nice to have you here. Um, again, what are you plugging now? You're plugging this Netflix special, Immigrant. Uh, streaming now. You can check Maz out on uh, on tour. All his dates are at mazjabrani.com. And he's at Maz Jabrani on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Zuckerman? The real Zuckerman. Carpenter Zuckerman and Rowley. He's a, a PI, attorney, personal injury. Oh, this fantastic. Guy right and, and a fellow Zoroastrian. That's yes, right. and a fellow yeah. Zoroastrian. I'm going I'm to take that. Remember, good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Simple. Go. The 11th <laughs> commandment right there. There, there you, you go. get the first half. <laughs> and uh, I'm Spike Ferris. And at Spike Ferris, and on Instagram is where I'm most alive. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my gun in my car. And that's what I'm going to do. All right, we'll see you next week <laughs> on Spike's Car Radio. Real quick before we go, here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. That's pretty weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spikes Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. What's going on, man? Hi, guy. Yeah. Yeah, the team, Loveline, man. You guys remember us from back in the day? Well, we're doing a pod, and we're doing it every day. And we've been doing it for a while. And if you, if I hear one more time people say, God, I loved you and Adam together on Loveline. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're doing a podcast. Will you please just join us at the Adam and Dr. Drew Show, please? Right. At com. It's a great show. Come on now. Only on Podcast One. That's us. Adam and Dr. Drew Show. Just like the old days. Doctor's orders. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, you're funny. Yep. All right. Let's go save some babies. Let's do it. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.